you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Hello, Dodger fans, and welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends, and back at it another week here with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, how's it going? How's your weekend? Uh, it was a good weekend. Um, just kind of hung out with my family and uh, relaxed. So well, always good to do that. So how about you? Yeah, same. A lot of football and family. And uh, yeah, no complaints when that's on that's on the table. But we're here to talk about the Dodgers. There was some news that happened on Sunday and a little bit of news that happened on Friday. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a new pitcher, new old pitcher the Dodgers uh, signed. And then we're going to get into the arbitration uh, stuff that we found out on Friday. Before that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car in the morning, tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff. So the Dodgers signed Alex Wood to a one-year deal, $4 million with up to $6 million extra dollars in incentives. Alex Wood's back, Jeff. What do you think? Uh Overall, I'm excited about it. Did you happen to see what those incentives are? I didn't. I didn't either. I, I looked and I couldn't find. I assume they're based on innings and starts because I'm assuming they're bringing wood thinking starting rotation. Uh, but that uh, I'm interested to see what those are because that will kind of give us a little bit of an idea what they have in mind for wood. But overall, you know, we've talked about with regard to a couple different guys, whether it's David Price or even Jimmy Nelson, who they signed, uh, that's his name, right? Jimmy Nelson? Yep. I don't know why that sounded wrong all of a sudden. But, you know, the, the Dodgers might be looking for uh, some depth at starting pitchers so that they can keep some of these younger guys on innings limits. You know, Julio, I don't know if Julio will be on much of an innings limit, uh, at least not health-wise, but just building up, he still has never, it's been a long time since he's thrown a ton of innings in a season. Um, and May and Gonsolin, you imagine they'd like to keep both of them, I, I would guess, around 120-ish innings in the regular season at the most. And so it would make sense for them to spend some time in the bullpen, maybe at the start of the season, uh, or you know, take time between starts. I don't know how they'll do it, but uh, I do think that Alex Wood, if he's healthy, uh, will provide that for them uh, to let them have another starting pitcher who can eat some of those innings um, because they don't, you know, this isn't an October signing. This is a regular season signing with the hopes that the younger guys will be go the go-to guys in the postseason. Yeah. I'm very interested to see what the incentives are also because it never really seemed like Alex Wood was a hundred percent on board with how everything was, you know, handled how the Dodgers used their depth, how, you know, he, I mean, essentially became a reliever and it never really, you know, he was always a guy of a lot of confidence and always seemed like he wanted to be the starter and a starter. So I was interested 
you know, I always thought of him as a as a guy back, especially once all the other names started getting off the board. But I wasn't sure how they sold it to him. But I would imagine he's on board if he's signed. Obviously, um, if he didn't have any other deals on the table and the Dodgers came, then he didn't have much choice. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny to say that we said the same thing about Jimmy Nelson, the guy that can come in and kind of eat some innings, although you know none of them really pitched last year. Alex Wood only started seven games. Wasn't that great in them, but they're two guys that are, you know, their injuries were last year. They're coming into pitch this year, and realistically, they're not paying them that much. So even if they only make 15, 20 starts, as long as they're serviceable in those 15, 20 starts, they're, you know, more than worth whatever they're being paid. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Alex Wood spent three and a half years with the Dodgers after being traded over from the Braves in 2015, and I mean, basically the last three years he was with the Dodgers, he was outstanding. He, you know, he made an all-star one year, got Cy Young votes. Um, his, if you look at his FIPS, he's basically been those last three years with the Dodgers, 318, 332, 353. You know, and that, those numbers, if he can do that, uh, that's going to be exactly what the Dodgers need because that's, you know, that that's not bad innings. Eating. That is quality number three or four starter, which is what he always was for the Dodgers when they had him last year. Like you said, he wasn't very good in his, in the time he did pitch, but he only threw 35 innings. And a lot of that is thrown off by the fact that he allowed 11 home runs in 35 innings. Everything else was, you know, his strikeout rate was down a little, his walk rate lined up with his, you know, career. He gave up, gave up too many home runs. And that's basically the difference. And, you know, so who knows if that was, coming back from injury or if it was the 2019 ball or what it was. But, you know, if the Dodgers can get him back to home games at Cincinnati didn't help either. Yeah. Pitching in Cincinnati. Uh, But if the Dodgers can get him back to, uh, to what he was when he was with them or even close to that, it's a steal at $4 million and, and absolutely he could provide a lot of value. And I just like the dude, you know, he's a likable guy. He's, He's one of those guys who he just – he seems to like – he seems happy that, about the fact that he gets to be a Major League Baseball player, you know. I He just seems like a nice dude. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, you know, he fits the mold, and he knows what to expect coming to the Dodgers. And, you know, the guy – so most of the guys still know him, so not too far removed from that. So it will, it'll be interesting to see what he does. We'll get into – a little bit more about him and maybe some other Dodger pitchers and uh, their work with Driveline, but we'll get into that in another episode. Um, so, yeah, that's it for Alex Wood. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about the arbitration and the Dodgers having going into arbitration for the first time since 2007. So make sure you stay locked on Dodgers. All right, let's get into talk about Arizona let's talk about Arizona a little bit we have both been to spring training that's where we met that's where this podcast originally started the seed was planted and Arizona it's a it's spring training it's a one-of-a-kind experience you know all the teams are relatively close by the weather's great uh, you get to get close to the players you know there's you get autographs if you're into that or you know if you have kids they can get autographs and there's just a lot going on for spring training, but also not to mention Arizona, Jeff. How, how do you like Arizona as well as spring training? Arizona's great, especially in the spring. Um, you know, it, it's 
the Arizona isn't for everybody, but in the spring, I think Arizona is for everybody. It's uh, beautiful weather, you know, the beautiful landscape. It's different. It's unique. Uh, you know, it, it looks different than it does in Southern California. It looks di- different than it does here in Utah where I live. You know, it's got that desert landscape. Landscape. It's uh, it's beautiful. And so I really, really enjoy going down there in the springtime uh, just because getting that uh, that different look at nature and stuff and, and the different kind of beauty is uh, it's really cool on the weather. Like you said, that's great in March. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to do, not just, you know, the games are usually at one or at seven. But depending on what, you know, if, if you go to a game or you just go for the morning workouts, there's just a bunch of other stuff to do. Like I said, the landscape is nice. There's a lot of hiking. There's a lot of new restaurants and breweries and other stuff coming up. It's uh, They're doing a lot to improve Arizona and make it way better. And I've been, I think, the last – I went last year. I don't think – I don't remember if I went the year before. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have no qualms about it. It's a good time to go. And if you've never been, especially Camelback Ranch, I definitely suggest you check it out. Yeah, and like you said, with the – the games, most games are 1 p.m. games, um, but there are you. There's usually one 7 p.m. game somewhere in Arizona, and so if you're just in the mood for a bunch of baseball, go down to Camelback Ranch in the morning, watch the Dodgers workouts, get some autographs, uh, watch the Dodger game at one, and then go to another game at, at seven o'clock that night. Or if you don't want to go to a game that evening, like you said, there's a ton of nightlife stuff to do: concerts, restaurants you know bars whatever whatever you're into and you know if you want to exercise too you can do some hiking it doesn't appeal to me but you know maybe you're different than me yeah so if you want to start planning your spring training getaway go to visit arizona.com slash spring training that's visit arizona.com slash spring training to start planning your trip okay we're here and let's get into a obscure former dodger um, I usually have not too much theme, rhyme or reason. I usually just search for guys. Jeff was thinking about a theme of a player that was with the Dodgers and then came back, but I already found a random guy, and he's very, very super obscure. And that guy is Josh Wall. Josh Wall came and made his debut in 2012 with the Dodgers, pitched in seven games in relief, and was not that great. Had a 4.76 ERA. But that would turn out to be the best season he ever had in the majors because the next year he pitched in six games and had an 18 ERA. And then 2014 he pitched in two games and had a 54 ERA. So not too great besides that. Uh, you know, Josh Wall is pretty much the definition of, of an obscure former Dodger. He came up. He's actually a second-round draft pick in 2005, but obviously didn't pitch to second-round uh, potential, for at least for the Dodgers. He went and was with the Marlins and the Angels and the Pirates and the White Sox, but never made it back to the major leagues after the Dodgers. So, yeah, Josh Wall, wherever you are, I uh, hope you're doing well. He actually did one pitch one inning in the big leagues for the Angels in 2014. So, uh, Oh, that's what – okay. Yeah. I saw the L.A. and I assumed Dodgers. So 2014, yeah. his worst year in the majors with the Dodgers, with Angels. <laughs> Yeah, the Dodgers trade him to the Marlins in the Ricky Nolasco trade. My, he he's one of one of my favorite quirks on Baseball Reference is when a guy's uh, profile picture is him wearing a hat of a team he never played in the big leagues for, and Josh Wall fits that bill. His Baseball Reference picture is him in a White Sox hat. Uh, 
and he only pitched for the Dodgers and Angels in the big leagues. He pitched in the minor leagues for the White Sox, but never in the big leagues. So uh, that's my favorite thing about Josh Wall. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, the Dodgers, the arbitration, the soft deadliner was on Friday. Uh, the Dodgers had seven guys, and they came to deals with Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, and Kike Hernandez. Cody Bellinger set the first-time, first-year arbitration record for players at $11.5 million. Um, Seager and Kike were 7-5, and five, I think, respectively. But for the first time since 2007, the Dodgers will be going into arbitration with four players, Pedro Baez and Corey, uh, Chris Taylor, Max Muncy, and Jock Peterson. Jeff, were you surprised as I was? to hear that news on Friday. Uh, I was, and actually you missed two. The Dodger actually had nine stripling and Julio both, both settled too. Uh, but yeah, you know, I I'll still be surprised if they actually go to arbitration with these guys. The Dodgers have always been what they call file and trial, which basically means if you, if they haven't agreed to something by this soft deadline, they, they go ahead and go to arbitration. But, that also hasn't been tested. Like you said, they haven't been to a trial since 2007, which I mean by, by definition, if they're filing trial, that hasn't been tested since 2007. And they have, you know, totally different ownership and, and management than they did then. And so I still expect them to work out deals with at least some of these guys. Um, Jock is the one that, that uh, they're far enough apart on numbers and you know i i could see some reasons why they might go to an arbitration trial with jock uh but the other guys between the small differences and and their value to the team i don't really see it i but i also don't see this as a huge issue you know there's definitely been a lot of uproar on twitter about especially about muncie um the dodgers being cheap blah 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 and i i understand that uproar i almost entirely disagree with it um, because this is the way the arbitration system works. And, uh, you know, we've talked in the past about the, the damage that can be done to a relationship if they do go to an arbitration hearing. Uh, but an arbitration hearing doesn't necessarily have to damage a relationship. It all comes down to how they handle it. So even if they did go to a hearing with Muncie, I don't think that means he's going to be upset or anything. It's just, you know, it's part of the, the collective bargaining agreement and that's how business is done. So. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the numbers, obviously for fans that aren't really entirely sure what arbitration is and how it works, when you look at the Muncie numbers, you know, it's a difference of $675,000. When you look at Taylor, it's around the same around 600,000. You know, Jock was a little bit more, and Baez, I don't think it was that much either. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, you'd rather them have, would just have done how they've done the last, uh, since 2007. They'd rather just not have an issue with it. But, like I said, I, they're all close enough to where they should find a deal before that and not actually go into the actual trial. But we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I think that the, the big part of it shows that how much value the Dodgers are getting. I mean, Max Muncy, even if he wins, he's only going to get $4.6 million, which he's been way worth way more than that. Chris Taylor, 
around the same. He's gonna he's been way worth way worth way more than that. Uh, and then Jock's in his final year, so he gets a little bit more. But even you know for ten million dollars, a guy that hits thirty thirty plus home runs, uh, even if he's a platoon player, that's still worth whatever you know ten mil. So you know I think that's. The crazy, the crazy part about Dodgers, when you think about it, is how much value they're getting out of all these guys, and you know that's a reason why they continue to be so successful and have been successful for a while, is because they're getting you know max value from a lot of players. Yeah, and to clarify a couple things, like you mentioned, this is Muncie's first year of arbitration, and the way arbitration works is, it's all based on precedent. You know, you you get your you make your money based on what have other guys in this situation made. And so that's why I, I've seen people saying, why would the Dodgers pay Kike 5.9 million, but they won't just give Max his extra 600,000. And that's because Kike is not in his first year of arbitration, you know? And so Kike, uh, his comps are higher. Basically his precedent is higher. So he makes more money. Kike is going to make more money than Muncie unless the Dodgers and, and Muncie agree to some sort of extension. And that that wouldn't shock me at all if in the next few weeks they come to an extension agreement and, you know, sign him to a four-year deal or something. Um, the other thing that, that I kind of alluded to is, you know, I was it Marcus Stroman, I think, a couple of years ago who was really upset by the way the arbitration process went uh, with the Blue Jays. He kind of felt like they just trashed him in the hearing and everything. And I feel like, you know, with Muncie, I don't think there's anything the Dodgers, even if they were inclined to, there's nothing they would say to trash him. I think their approach in a hearing, if it went that far, would be to say, here are the comps. You know, Max Muncie is awesome, and here's what awesome guys in their first year of arbitration make. You know, who played this position, who'd do this, you know. that, And it's all a matter of comps, but I, I think you can do that in a way that, that doesn't belittle the player or, or say anything at all negative about him. Um, oh, Dylan Batances had an issue with it too, I think, with the Yankees. I, yeah, because he wanted to get paid like a top reliever, and you know they brought out the staves and all that. And yeah, so yeah, I mean, arbitration is a weird. It's still weird that you know that's how baseball handles it. Um, we're, who knows if it'll be the same or even be around once the new CBA comes around in a couple of years. So you know, I think the biggest part is. As a fan, I know I had a lot of people text me and ask me or message me and ask me, you know, what kind of what arbitration was because they didn't really understand. They see all the tweets or they see the posts, uh, but they didn't, don't necessarily know what it is. And then after you explain it, uh, I think you feel a little bit better about it. And But like I said, it, the, at the end of the day, I would have also would have just preferred them to have just got it all done and, and figured out like they have the past. But like I said, they're not that far apart. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to get their money and – I don't think the Dodgers are going to be actively fighting against having to pay these guys what what they asked for. It's just a matter of the numbers, and you know the owners have to look out for themselves and and not and not give out whatever anyone wants right away because and the players have to do the same on the other side. They have to you know try to set the way for for more players, uh, the younger players that are coming up because you know Cody Bellinger doesn't get 11 and a half mil if Chris Bryant doesn't get 10 mil back when he was a first year arbitration player and he doesn't get 10 mil if whoever was before him doesn't get big money so you know it, it's a business side of it that's not always fun but it's just how it is yeah and you know because it is precedent based both sides have an obligation not just for their own well-being but to their compadres you know that Muncie has an obligation to 
the other guys in, in the union to try to get as much as possible. The Dodgers kind of have an obligation to the other owners to to not just, you know, the reason the Dodgers usually settle is they generally settle at some sort of midpoint between the two numbers. Uh, but that takes two people. It takes two people to settle. And so, yeah, if the Dodgers wanted to settle with Muncie by saying, okay, we'll give you exactly what you asked for, they could do that. But the way this usually works is, you know, oh, you want 4 million or you want 4.7 million. We want to give you 4 million. Okay, we'll give you 4.4 million or whatever. And so I still expect that that's what's going to happen. But, I mean, if Muncie decided to dig in his heels at $4.675 million or whatever it is, um, the Dodgers, there's no reason for the Dodgers to just give him that because that's already the worst-case scenario. That's what he's filed for. And so if they lose an arbitration, that's what he gets. And so uh, the only reason to do it would be if you feared – damage to the relationship and and i really don't think that's that shouldn't be an issue unless they're being run by idiots you know the the reason batances was upset was because like the yankees president it wasn't even cashman i think it was thad levine or somebody actually trashed batances in the hearing to his face you know and that yeah that's going to cause hurt feelings the dodgers don't need to trash muncie they can just state their case on precedent and everything and so uh, I, I do think they'll settle at 4.4, 4.5 million, something like that, or or do some sort of extension that, that buys out his arbitration years, uh, but maybe buys out his first year of free agency too. Uh, one way or another, I think they'll work it out, but even worst case scenario, he you know he gets his money through arbitration, and and I think everybody will be happy, and he will continue to be a productive member of the Dodgers. All right, uh, you got anything else to add about arbitration or anything else? No, I would be interested to hear from our listeners if, I mean, we're, we're kind of, it's always hard to know how, how granular to get about these things, you know, because some people really, really understand the arbitration process and other people don't, and I don't know which ones of those people listen to our show. So, you know, if any, if you guys have specific questions about the arbitration process, how it works or whatever, feel free to shoot them over to us and, and we can go into more detail on it. We just don't want to bore you with details that you already know. Uh, especially, you know, we, we try to keep these shows fairly short for your commute. So, uh, but if you do have specific questions, please shoot them over because we are happy to talk more about it. We just don't want to bore you. Yeah, that's true. And one way to reach us is on Twitter and Instagram at locked on Dodgers. Or you can find Jeff at Snydog on Twitter. I'm at Vince Samperio. You can call and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 323-863-LOCK. That's 323-863-5625. Or shoot us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. That's all the ways to contact us. If you do have more questions or any other questions or topics or anything else you want us to talk about, thank you for listening to today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. If no news happens, we'll probably get into the end of Buster Oni's top 10 list rankings. We still have the outfield to go. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, wherever you think we sound best. If it doesn't happen to be Apple, but you have a device capable of subscribing on Apple, please do so. We're every weekday morning, and we hope you will be with us. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. 
And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles. Your Los Angeles. Our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye. Zoom!